0: You're listening to the A. Scully cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A. Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, Sid Talk.
1: Hello. Hello. what
0: What is occurring?
1: Over here, across the room. People don't know how we're situated, I'm sure. They don't have video of this, right? So you're over there. Your desk Where's is your desk what... is perpendicular to mine across the room, so you are we're at an L shape, so our backs and shoulders are kind of to each other. We're not actually looking at each other, which I find really—I love it actually. It's a little pressure off having to eyeball you constantly. We
0: did we did record probably four hundred of these podcasts looking at each other
1: though. <laughs> yes, it's too much pressure, and I couldn't look at my computer. I mean, what what kind of fun is that? I can multitask, so that's not. That's nothing to do with this podcast. The before the after the show discussion was this movie.
0: Yeah, we just watched. So um, we'll
1: continue just talking about this movie.
0: I'm a big fan of Red Letter Media on YouTube. Um, They uh,
1: Who is Red Letter Media?
0: If you don't know who they are, uh, look them up. And uh, you will see, they review movies every week. And uh, it's kind of a little show. And I've been holding off watching their solo version because that's our movie that we're going to be looking at this week. And we just watched their review, and I think we mostly agreed with what they said.
1: Absolutely. <clears throat> so we can just tell people to go watch that, and we don't have to do this <laughs> podcast.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right, so it is the weekend, Saturday, of, Saturday, September the 22nd, and this is after the show number 549. We are a weekly movie review podcast, and this week we're reviewing the movie Solo, A Star Wars Story. It's part of the Star Wars story stuff. Story's
1: 20- this part of the S- Star Wars stuff?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's a 2018 movie, releases on Blu-ray and 4K and digital this upcoming Tuesday, September the 25th. That is this week, I am right. Yes. It's rated PG-13, and our friends at Disney and Lucasfilm sent us a copy for review. Sid Talk will give you the short synopsis of the movie. Solo no, no. a Star Wars story. No,
1: the rules do. No, the rules of Star Wars movies will always be that you, Star Wars man, give the synopsis. If it's Star Trek, I'll do it. You're okay. Star Wars, I'm Star Trek.
0: This is the origin story of Captain Picard. Is that right? <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> you know what? That'd be an all right movie. I'd watch that movie.
0: This is the uh, origin story of. The little known character from Star Wars, Han Solo.
1: Or Han, as they like to have Yeah. A, what's his face, Colin?
0: Uh yeah, handsome Han Solo. <laughs> and his early adventures with his friends and his Wookiee. Wookiee. That
1: was his... the slowest, most boring synopsis ever, and you complain about mine? And the Kessel room. Never again. Will I ever, ever, ever listen to your complaints about my synopsis? Things
0: happen in the movie, and things happen. Chewbacca is in it. That's my uh, synopsis. All right, so s- Solo, A Star Wars Story. Now, Solo, A Star Wars Story, I think I'll just call it Solo from now on, is the first Star Wars movie I did not see in the theater. Is it the same for you?
1: Did, um, have I seen, I would only see the ones with you.
0: Right, so you I never, never saw... saw the original three in the 30s. Um, I
1: saw them when they were re-released.
0: With me, actually.
1: Did we go see them all? We did, yes. And I saw...
0: You saw yeah. all three of the prequels, and you saw Rogue One, and you saw all the Jedi ones. Well, there
1: you go. You know more about my life. So Solo I is did. the only
0: one we have never seen theatrically. <clears throat> and the reason for that is, I have no idea. Um, why didn't we see it?
1: Um, when did it come out?
0: I really... It came out like... Let me see. It comes out in September on Blu-ray, so it probably came out May.
1: I think maybe you thought we'd go for your birthday if yeah, it was maybe. still out, and then it wasn't still out. Oh, because yeah, it didn't yeah. last as long as. <laughs> I think that was the plan, maybe. <clears throat> I bet that was it. Yeah, and then we just you just then by then you were like, I'll just wait.
0: By then, I'd actually had the email saying, um, "Do you yeah. want to review Solo?" In you know in.
1: And to be honest, as the years go by, going to the theater. Gets less and less appealing.
0: It's much more comfortable and (laughs) non-annoying being in our basement watching the movie. (laughs)
1: Yes, you can pause, you can go pee anytime you want. You don't talk
0: over the movie. No. So let's get to Solo, and you know I'm the biggest Star Wars fan in the world.
1: (laughs) Debatable, but watch watch the
0: original in 1977 in the theater. Changed my life, movie-wise.
1: You have an emotional connection to this
0: movie. Like a lot of people, I'm not special. A lot of people sat and watched this movie.
1: Um, You are special. For other reasons.
0: But in this, there are many people who say, oh yeah, in 1977 I went with my dad to see this, or my mom, and it changed my life. Right? Same for me. The original Star Wars movies have a huge place with me. So, um, Solo, a Star Wars story, obviously the origin of one of the most beloved characters in Star Wars, Han Solo. And I'll start by saying, I was really looking forward to it, but obviously it's a Star Wars movie. I've mentioned it.
1: With mixed, because you have heard all of the negativity, a lot of it. So it's kind of like you have to hold that at bay and keep your love of it, your bias for it, and everyone else's obvious. Not everyone, but a lot of people's dislike for it kind of in a balancing act.
0: I did keep telling myself over the last few weeks when I know, oh, we're going to see it in a couple of weeks, we're going to see it. I kept telling myself, oh, that's, you know, all the negativity It's probably not going to apply to me because I love Star Wars, so I'll probably cancel all that out and it'll be just fine. Um, but unfortunately, it wasn't just fine. Not fully. No. Now, I will say I did have fun watching it. A lot of fun. There, There is a lot of fun stuff to be had, but there's also, like, a lot of bad things. And I don't want to fully diss this movie, because it's Star Wars, and I still love seeing the origin of Han Solo, but, you know, should we go for the obvious thing first that I would complain about? Sure. Cinematography.
1: Okay. Is it cinematography, or <clears throat> is it color director of photography, color correction, editing, that all combine the technical side Of the movie, of the look of the movie, yeah, which a lot of people won't give a shit about, and if they watch it on their phone, it's not gonna matter.
0: (laughs) No, but in this case, we've seen we've seen a few movies where we've complained about it. the Let's let's say what it is: the first two thirds of the movie, I would say, are very very poorly lit. It's I'd not that, just,
1: yeah, it's a lot of the first part, but it's actually those same locations over and over and over so
0: and over. it makes it feel like really, like, you know what? When, when I'm watching this movie, and you know that opening part where they're in the really dark place and then the escape in the car, in the little mm-hmm. hover vehicle? I was like, okay, I understand what's going on here. We're in this gloomy area here at the beginning. It's to show the oppression of this place, you know. And then when we escape and we go on our journey, it's going to lighten up and then it's all going to be cool and Star <laughs> yeah, wars
1: Exactly. But guess
0: what? It never really does that. It just stays gloomy and dim and hard to see things. And, you know, we just watched that review by <clears throat> Red Letter Media and they complained, they went to see it in the theater and one of them said, I kept turning around thinking, is there something wrong with the projector? And we have a projector also, and you said, is our projector right, or is it... I did, yeah. Well, we watch movies every week on our projector, and it's never like this. Correct. So this movie is just incredibly
1: dark. I mean, I had to squint, because I'm like, I know it's not my glasses. I put on my best shitty glasses. (laughs) But I was like, seriously, I'm not enjoying the... I get it. If you're trying to make a moody scene or you're trying to reflect what it would be like if you're actually standing in that room, I get that. Because you and I are sitting in a room right now that's only lit by our computers. But we're living in this room. We're not telling the story of us living in this room. If I were to tell the story of us in this room right now with pictures, which is what a motion picture is, I would have to stand over there, find a way to... Give us a little more light or raise up the something so that you could see us clearly, see our chairs, see the microphones, not just in silhouette, even though you could take a cool picture that way. It doesn't tell the story in a way that makes you feel like all I was focusing on was not being able to see instead of what was happening. And that to me is the negative side because I dig it. I dig indie filming. I like when natural light, what movie was we watched? Um, it was like last year or something, where it was all natural lit, almost where it was. Yeah,
0: we've seen a few indie films. It like just
1: that. fit <clears throat> because the movie was kind of, you know, whatever. But it worked. You still had to squint a little bit, but a it The sense. Story
0: was all naturally lit,
1: but it was well lit. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. They lit it. With natural light, meaning they didn't have any of the big floodlights or anything, but they used ambient light. They used lights in the room. This guy, apparently on Reddit, right? The actual director of photography even said, I focus, I mean, my thing is low light situation. Or oh, no light. Yeah. And so he's thinking, he's indulging himself instead of making a motion picture telling us the story that, yes, needs to be universally visually available to us because it is a big action you know some things do go together big action what good lighting
0: i personally think the lighting um yeah it's intentional but i personally think it's so bad in the first two-thirds of the movie that i don't understand how it got past lucasfilm i don't know why they went with it like it
1: it, Do you think it had been so much aggravation already that they're just like, fuck it, just
0: put
1: it is it To
0: me, it's a, a, like a glaring error. Like You can watch any other Star Wars movie and not it doesn't look this way, so this movie is obviously trying to be different. But as far as Star Wars goes, I don't think you need to try to be different. It looks cool. That's part of it, right? Even Rogue One, it looked cool. The battles, you could see every single thing. The space battles even are very well lit. But this movie is just gloom after gloom after gloom. And just when I thought, oh, it's not gloomy, and it's, I'm thinking, oh, okay, we're going to do this heist on a train, which is cool, and it's on a planet just like Hoth, a, a snow planet. So you'd think, ooh, mm, nice and well lit on a snow planet. <laughs>
1: Blindingly no, white.
0: <laughs> happens to be uh, the time on the snow planet when it's like, gloomy and stormy or you know it's gloomy and it's a gloomy snow planet and that makes this heist on a train less cool than it should have been and you
1: know what when you started to say to me earlier about the snow planet or whatever i'm like when was that i didn't even i didn't even remember that i mean it was in the mountains
0: right right, but if you
1: say to me hoth i immediately think snow yeah if you say to me the train scene i just think hmm, don't even think of the snow or the cold.
0: No, but it was on a snowy planet. Yeah. And that snowy planet did not, it was hard to see things. In fact, also, as thing that you mentioned, the action sequences are cool and everything, but they are like badly chopped together, like almost like the editor didn't have enough footage sometimes. So sometimes I'm like, Who's that falling from that train car, yep. and what is that? I don't even know who that is. Like, it's I,
1: unfortunate because it's such a big thing and it looks good when it is well lit. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean... We don't want to focus on this, but it is a big deal when you're watching it.
0: It is a big deal, right? Because when I go... Uh, I, I watched Rogue One a few days ago. On We just have it on our server, so I watched it. And it just looks awesome. Aside from those CG characters that I hate in it. But this movie, it would detract me. I would I would turn it on and, you know, you're going to be going, huh, huh, huh squinting at it, like you say. It takes yeah. away from the enjoyment of it. Now, let me say, in the third act, though, the uh, light it's almost like the lights came on. I said to you, ooh, the lights came on because they went to a location. It was a beach, <laughs> basically. So a sand planet, similar to Tatooine, that was actually bright and easy to see everything. And I was like, okay, Star Wars is back. But I'm talking the last 25 minutes of the movie. So, doom and gloom for one hours and for- one hour and 45 minutes, <laughs>
1: pretty much. Off and on, off and on. I mean, there were some yeah. really nicely nice looking scenes, so. Now, let's talk about the If story. you notice, though, us talking about this for 20 fucking minutes tells you something about the experience of the movie yeah. versus... Watching Rogue One and be like, that was so much fun. That really fit. That really told me the good story. I'm really excited. Yeah. That was all. You, you said it looked, you know, you'd be like, it looked really great. And then you move on.
0: And it reminds me of Old Star Wars. And I love it. Like all the things <laughs> come back to me, you know. But then
1: you move on from that point. Yeah. Whereas if it looks, uh, or like the sound from that one, the Johnny Depp one, where that was all I can remember from it. That had bad enemy of the state or whatever it was called public enemies public enemies it just had the, and then the sound Explain,
0: guy uh, public enemies was a movie by michael mann
1: about gangster guy a yeah. gangster guy and the sound guy said it was intentional because that's how people really talk and that's how it really sounds it's, in it's life
0: actually sound the, if you go and get the blu-ray of it and, and watch it it's uh the soundtrack is kind of muffled very muffled and um you can't hear what people are saying you might as well put the subtitles on.
1: Yeah, it's like
0: yeah, and that wasn't an, it. That was also we were like, is there something wrong with this Blu-ray? I looked it up, and
1: to this day, that's all I remember. Yeah, Johnny the, Depp, and it sounded like crap. And the
0: sound mixer said, "No, this is exactly how it was supposed to be. It was there's lots of gunfire. You're not really supposed to. That's what it would be like." So this director, this director of cinematographer on this movie is saying, "No, this is what it's like." That's how Just like
1: J.J. Abrams said, yeah. I love my flares, and he was full of shit when he did it, and so was this guy. So self-indulgent.
0: So going on to the things in this movie, there are spoilers in this review, so you've probably seen this already, if not. um, How do you like how they handled the origin of him, Han Solo?
1: I really enjoyed it. I really had a good time. I love the story. I had to get over the visual and, like, Because I love Star Wars for the look of it. Same with Star Trek. I love the world's... I like science fiction. Right. So I don't need to be artsy-fartsy science fiction. I want to see all the inventions and the crazy future. Or if it's not the future, another galaxy. I like to see all that stuff. So when I'm focused on trying to get over that part. And then thinking about the story they're telling me. And piecing and constantly putting it together with what I know later on in the story. I really, really enjoyed it. Except for one thing which we're both going to agree on. Yeah. The origin of his name. It really wasn't needed. Oh my God. It was so, we we don't need to dwell on it, but that was my least favorite part. Everything else, other than Chewbacca being like a- explained
0: why he's called Solo.
1: Yeah, some dickhead guy at the counter where he also signs up to be in the Imperial Army, which we never knew about. Um, Gives him the name, just sort of off the cuff, really lame. And then Chewbacca is like a, I was going to say cannibal. He's not a cannibal because he's not human. But he's like a monster. He's being a monster held in a prison thing, like, as what they call... Eats people? Eats people that they throw down there, I guess. I mean, that's the implication. That's what they said. I was like, "Uh, really? And we have no other mention of this ever, ever, ever.
0: The two guys above who were, like, spectating when they threw Han Solo in and Chewbacca was supposed to eat him, the two guys above, what they were saying was... Oh yeah, we've seen him eat somebody before. Like, let's see how quick he does. And it then this they time. show
1: like a uniform that's been yeah. scrapped out. And so everything. I mean, but Chewbacca's... those are my two least favorite things about this origins of them. But everything else, I'm I'm totally on board for. I mean, it may be controversial, but I kind of like. You know, well, I kind of like what that guy said though. That you expect to have Han Solo start as a different type and then end up as the Han Solo we know.
0: Yeah, he, that doesn't but happen. He,
1: Actually, we meet him when he's been raised, basically, it sounds like between the time his father must have died, or his mother died, or whatever, and then he ends up as kind of a grown young man, he's been thrown onto this planet where he has to, like, fend for himself, kind of like a Charles Dickens novel, right? Like, Oliver Twist, yeah. where he has to go scaven shit for this lady worm, whatever she is. Or she, he gets, you get beaten or whatever. Like, you get protection if you bring her gold and steal stuff for her. It's just like Oliver Twist. So we've That's got a little of that. That's literally what it is. Yeah. So we've already met him when he's been stealing and God knows what for most of his life. So there is no...
0: He's been a scoundrel training camp, basically.
1: Yeah. So there's no change or there's no beginning. Like, he could have started as really nasty and horrible. Like, super, like, really dark and then we end up with the lovable guy that we get. Or he could have started out as just this really innocent, really broken, no direction, victimized guy, and then became confident. But none of that happened. He just is what he is. So he's a little flat, but I still bought it.
0: He's a lovable scoundrel immediately. And he's cheeky, he's got one-liners, you know?
1: Unfortunately, well, we'll get to the cast later.
0: Yeah, also, like... Like you said, the age um, of the actor and the age, the, it's it, this, the size of the actor.
1: I mean, he doesn't have to be a carbon copy or anything, but I was completely unconvinced from moment one that this could be not just visually, but behaviorally, the way he acted, the way he is become in just a few short years, because this isn't that much before new hope, right? It's not going to be like 50 years or anything. It's, how, how old is Han in this movie, would you say? Mm, Mid-20s, I'm guessing.
0: Mid-20s.
1: Right, and then So Solo. between
0: 25 and 30, he must have grown about six inches. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he turned into Harrison Ford.
0: <laughs> that, was, that was where I was like, this guy's not actually that tall, and Harrison Ford's pretty tall. <laughs> so
1: what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, and again, we're not, that's the problem. <laughs> when you focus on a thing that is not important... It's not a requirement. I mean, they could have hired anybody of any nationality or skin color. It's just that that's that's how you feel. Like, well, that doesn't... We're actually going back in a character's life. So it needs to be somebody who we're convinced is that character. Not in a parallel universe or anything. I was convinced
0: he was the character. I mean... There's after
1: a while there were some affectations yeah but well we're not talking about the cast yet so i mean
0: it's just easy to uh f- it's just easy to sell it by just putting han's clothes on this guy and having a
1: similar haircut and a little bit of the swagger yeah yeah so um the
0: parts i liked a lot in this movie the heist on the train was really really cool never seen anything like that before in a star wars movie i liked that that was just a you know, it's almost like a side story to Star Wars. It doesn't matter that much, but it's a cool thing to watch, right?
1: Well, it does matter when we're going to do spoilers, right? It matters in the... In the lead up to what is going on is that they're trying to steal this energy source, which is the... I forget what it was called already. Energy. The energy juice, the blue <laughs> stuff, Um, that fuels the ships and fleets and whatnot, right? So that's what is going on in this galaxy is that the Im- Imperial Army is trying to take over all the resources, and so they've enslaved people and planets just to farm and refine this resource for them to fuel their overtaking of the galaxy. And so now Woody Harrelson's guy wants to get some to give to another guy who then is also connected to the Empire. It's a bit confusing. However, Han Solo now is involved just so he can make some cash. Yep. But then it turns into... He has a hold of this energy source. He finds out about, guess what? The origins of the rebellion. Right? That he's they not, need not aware of. Yeah. They need the resource. And he then, you know, it ends up with them because he's actually a good guy. That fuels the origin of the, the rebellion. The rebellion being able to then go across the galaxy, put out ships and whatnot, we can only assume. So it's extremely important. It's like him unwittingly fueling the rebellion. And
0: so the, did you like this heist sequence on a train?
1: I did. I mean, it went on a little long. You know me. I'm not a big chase person, and that kind of felt like a chase. Um... There was a
0: series of chases in this movie. Yeah. It starts with a chase, then it moves on to a chase,
1: and <laughs> then there's a chase in space. <laughs> Although they look cool. I mean, I'll give yeah. them that.
0: But it is a series of chases. And then, like, at the end, it's um, like a smaller conclusion. Like, it's not a big... It, nothing's... Interestingly, in the end of Star Wars movies, especially Rogue One, spoilers, where things really blow up. Like, everything blows up.
1: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> in this movie, it doesn't go out with a bang at all. It, it goes out with a very small fight. And then the end, right, it's not pretty much it's not yeah. a huge climax, even though there's some important things established in the climax. It's kind of the action is all up the up front really in this movie.
1: it's a little yeah, other than the train thing, and that little chase in the beginning, it all feels a bit claustrophobic, like yeah. it's not super widespread,
0: no, you don't see well, you do see a few planets, yeah, but it's not it doesn't feel like other Star Wars movies do where. You get the feeling of the Empire and the galaxy and all the different places. Correct. This one is smaller. But that doesn't mean it's... I mean, it costs $300 million to make. It's still a lot of money to make a movie. So I don't know why it costs that much when Rogue One costs the same. I guess people get paid a lot in these movies, right?
1: Yeah. That's where all the money goes. Also, they lost a lot of money apparently from the first part. Of the bad oh, directors yeah. then.
0: We, did we talk about, like, there's a controversy with this movie. The uh, Miller and Miller, the two directors who directed the Lego movie, they were the original directors of this movie. And they were kind of making this movie in more of a light-hearted comedy way. And then Kathleen Kennedy from Lucasfilm wasn't gelling with them and they got fired. Then they put the film on hiatus, as they call it for a couple of weeks, while very, very quickly they hired Ron Howard to come and fix things. So, they come back to work with Ron Howard as the director, and then the rest of the movie was made. Nobody seems to know, because it's all secretive, which parts of this movie belong to the Miller and Miller guys. They're credited in the credits, and which part belongs to, you know...
1: I think if we watched enough times, we could figure it out.
0: Yeah, well... You know what? We watched a deleted scene on this Blu-ray. <clears throat> the deleted scene that's quite, like, um, it's a big thing, isn't it, that they cut out? It's the part where there's a deleted scene where Han Solo is working, you know, he's a member of the Empire, and he's a... Yeah, another little thing that we all didn't know. ...is a cadet in the Air Force. So he's, he's flying a TIE fighter, and it's showing you him doing a training mission in a TIE fighter, and he does something and then they decide that they don't want him as a pilot because he's too reckless. But it's a a whole elaborate sequence, but when he's being tried for, you know, why the hell did you do what you did, it comes across really kind of comedic. Yeah. And not like Ron Howard's version of this film. So I believe that belongs to those two guys. Because why was it deleted? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I feel that, their version of this movie would have been like a kind of a goofy movie. Whereas
1: more like space (laughs) balls,
0: not that far, (laughs) but Ron Howard's version. goes for this dark gloomy version of this. I don't know which is best, you know? So what did you feel about like nods to other star Wars movies? Do you think there were too much? I don't know
1: them all. So they're fine with me because I don't recognize You know, like I've got a
0: good feeling about this instead of, you know...
1: I think it's fair, because, you know, he's it's his first big adventure, so yeah. he's got a good feeling, but, I mean, if you think it feels forced, I wouldn't disagree with that.
0: Yeah, you know what? One thing that really got me in this movie, and I really loved, and um, there's a moment in this movie, I've said spoilers already, I'll say it again, near the end, where Darth Maul turns up Right? Yeah. And the music that is playing is my favorite piece of Star Wars music. And it's Jewel of the Fates by John Williams. And it's from um, Phantom Menace. And it's Darth Maul's theme, basically. It was the battle with him and Obi Wan. It was playing during that. And that music is playing. And I was like,
1: oh, <laughs>
0: that is a Star Wars moment for me. Here's a character. I know people say they don't care about Darth Maul, I, I kind of like him. I don't think he had his due in the movie, did he? I mean, he was underused.
1: In the fir- you mean when we first met him? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, he's he's a character that is completely underused. But if you go and watch the animated series, the Clone Wars, Darth Maul has a huge part in that. He's got mechanic, you know, he gets robot legs. Uh, the bottom half of him is like a robot because he got cut in half. There's a whole cool arc with him that's in those cartoons that you n- need to see, you know. But in this, they I thought they did him justice. Even though people were saying that was the original guy who played Darth Maul. To me, like, looking at it, it was a hologram on a table. It kind of looked like a CG thing.
1: Yeah, but he looked a lot older. it kind of looked kind of cruddy, though, did it? Oh, he looked kind of cruddy, and he looked older, yeah. for sure. So... No offense to him, but I um, liked obviously that. he had to age.
0: <laughs> but then I said to you, like, if this is a standalone movie that's not, you know, that's supposed to be a contained is solos, why are we bothering at the end to try and like make something else of this? Because it, it was clear, it felt that way, didn't it? It felt like, oh, okay, they're trying to go over there with this now. Here's Darth Maul, she's turning into a baddie. I, I, f- I felt like it didn't even need that, like, it, you know, it seems. I don't, now we don't know if there's going to be another Star Wars film,
1: right? You mean another Star Wars story? Story, right? Yeah.
0: They've put them on hold, they say. Like indefinitely on hold. There was uh, apparently like three or four planned. So right now, where they leave this solo with a, it's not a cliffhanger, but it's a, hey, guess what? If you watched another one of these Star Wars stories, we'd probably go in that direction. Well, that's never going to get resolved it now is it you know so i didn't feel that was necessary well, unless they, didn't they know. know something we
1: don't they didn't know that yeah, it wasn't gonna know no. No,
0: that's true they were ready for the next one which was what the obi-wan movie maybe or the boba fett movie and that was going to continue this story somehow probably would have had solo in it somewhere you know so um let's move on to the cat uh, anything i've left out for the uh, movie itself did you enjoy the conclusion? Did you enjoy that? I
1: did. I just, I actually did really enjoy it. I didn't, I feel like with Star Wars now, I have to think of it as one big thing where I don't normally like to think of individual movies as part of a thing. I just like to see them individually, even a, you know, if there's three I'm in a series or whatever. However, this is an episode in a bigger story, just like a television show. And I feel like it fit in for me. Yeah, but it's it was a shame just you could see most nope. of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just feel like, yeah, if it was done well, technically speaking, that will fix so many
0: I think it problems
1: would. that you have. Then you could also have a beautiful movie that's totally dumb and makes no sense. We've had those as well. Where you, I'll give you one dumb. of those.
0: Valerian.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. <laughs> it looked amazing, but that's it was really. you were like, it was so empty. Like, it's... You know?
1: There was another one too, I remember, and it was like big blockbustery, but not good. But That's where you, a, you walk out and it's totally gone from your brain because I'd forgotten about Valerian. <laughs> yeah, well, but, but, well,
0: while you were looking at it, you were like, holy crap. Yeah, I was totally amazed yeah. at it
1: all. Like, oh. And, yeah,
0: that was an empty movie. Whereas this actually has a solo soul to it. <laughs> well, let's get on to the cast because this is where some of my problems lie, right? So, Alden Ironhe- Iron- Einreich, Einreich, let's say that, <laughs> plays Han Solo. Now, I liked him. I've heard people criticizing him a lot. And apparently the rumor on the set, not a rumor, it was actually a thing, was that they had to get him additional acting lessons because he the dailies weren't looking right.
1: And I'm going to step in here and say he needed more acting lessons because he was really not... There were very few moments... That of me? him, like, rising to the occasion with a few tiny little well-performed moments. But everything else felt empty. Like, he was trying too hard. He didn't know how to just be. He was overthinking it. Obviously, lots of pressure Yeah, definitely. to be this guy who's already been the guy. Not only do you have to be Han Solo, you have to be Harrison Ford Han Solo. You don't have to be. But I think that was... An impediment to him. You, and I feel like it was n- no heart sometimes, most of the time. I didn't feel, like, attached to him, unfortunately, because I didn't feel like he was in it.
0: When you watch A New Hope, Mark Hamill's performance is the same as what you just described.
1: Yeah, I've always thought Mark Hamill wasn't great.
0: <laughs> so it kind <laughs> of so, matches with Star Wars.
1: Definitely, you know? yeah.
0: But I, I, I bought him. You know, it's pretty easy to fool me. Just throw the Han Solo outfit on him. His hair's right. <laughs> I'll buy him as young Han. That's it. Oh you know? my God. Uh, Junus Su- 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 Suotomo. Why does everybody have a complicated name in this movie?
1: <laughs> oh, why is it what are you?
0: <laughs> if you're going to be in a movie, have a simple name. Oh my God. Paul Ball. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <sighs> um, he plays Chewbacca. I know for a fact that Chewbacca is your favorite Star Wars character. Correct. Did this
1: Did a good job. Deepen? But I don't, I'm going to say this and I don't want to insult him. When someone else, the other guy, the Han Solo guy said, it's like, he's mastered the art of being Chewbacca. I don't know about that. I don't know that another... Tall person? Tall, athletic person. I, there is a lot of athletics involved, Yes. There was, you but know, his I per- said- him, he, his personality, same as the other guy who played Chewbacca. I'm not claiming that the other guy is.
0: The other guy is called Peter Mayhew.
1: Correct. I'm not saying that Peter Mayhew came through his performance either. You can't. You're covered with fur and a big mask. I just think that his enthusiasm and his willingness to go through all of the fights and all of the stuff elevated it, kind of like the guy, the clown from It. You know, like. He really put himself into it. That I appreciated. I just don't know that it, he came through at all. No.
0: But did are we happy with knowing more about Chewbacca? Did Apart like, from him eating people?
1: Yeah, I don't know any more about him. I think that was people overthinking that as well. Because yeah. I don't know it's anything about him. It's not like we went and visited
0: his home planet or anything,
1: right? We just... They said that they, the Empire enslaved his people or whatever yeah. I mean that's not a shock or anything we knew that already yeah and that Han Solo speaks the language which we've never ever ever been told before other than he just kind of understands him I,
0: I always thought it was a Groot situation <laughs> that he just knew what he was you know like in you know Groot it was just like Pete um, Star-Lord just knows what Groot's saying like not Star-Lord what's he called Drax yeah <laughs> He just knows what Groot is saying because, I don't know, he just knows what he's saying. Like It's like a, a bond between them. I always thought Han and Chewie, that was just the same thing. Chewie made a noise and Han went, oh, yeah, you're saying F off, or you're saying, yeah, that's cool. But, yeah, apparently a new brought to light, Han actually understands Wookiee's. knees? Yeah. <laughs> Woody Harrelson plays a new character called Beckett. How do you like Cheers.
1: <laughs> See, I think of him as Cheers, Hunger Games. Natural he's bone killers. Natural bone killers. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was good. I mean, he's fine. You know, Woody Harrelson brings himself. Well, he, he wasn't did. wacky or anything, though, so that was a bonus. He wasn't like, you know, wacky 2012 guy. Um, he was just the stoic, kind of serious, I know more than you do, which is Hunger Games guy, right? I know the game. I'm your teacher, your mentor. Yep. He didn't, he wasn't drinking constantly like in Hunger Games, but um, I feel like he brings something because he's Woody Harrelson and we all know that. Right. You know, he fit right because you kind of know he's a bit of a rogue. He's a bit of a yeah, whatever in his
0: characters. He definitely fits in Star Wars for sure. There's, it, But it's pretty unmemorable, the character, you know, he's not super heroic or super, you know. I won't. I wouldn't be thinking like in a. You know, he's not like a Han Solo or a Luke Skywalker or even a. You know, who else? Who, who else is sticks around in your memory?
1: In Star Wars? Yeah, that's about it. You're
0: never gonna go. Oh, Beckett. Remember. Remember Beckett?
1: No, I mean, but I remember Kylo Ren. Yeah, exactly. And uh, well, I mean, he's easier. Of to course, remember. you
0: remember Kylo Ren.
1: Yeah, I mean, he disappeared. Yeah. Also, remember. um Taken. I don't remember his name, but I remember him. Qui-Gon Jinn. G- Qui-Gon Jinn is probably who I was thinking of. Yeah.
0: That's what I mean. They make an impression. You you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi. They, this guy, Beckett, in about three weeks, I wouldn't even be able to tell you his name. Yeah. So
1: Like Qui-Gon Jinn.
0: <laughs> While well, he did a good job in it. Now, Amelia Clark as K- Kira? I didn't like her at all. Who? Amelia Clark as Kira.
1: Hmm.
0: I really... There's something I dislike about her in this. You love her. I like her in um, Game of Thrones. But in this, she's doing a lot of pouting and she's trying to be like sexy, I guess. True. And it's a bit too much like She I does was...
1: have moments though where you can see that glimmer of I'm going to fuck everything up. I mean, she really does portray this like powerful, I've positioned myself with the biggest badass who's getting closer to the bigger badasses, and I'm in it. And I got that vibe several times where you couldn't trust her. Yeah, Spoiler, you can't trust her. um, Unfortunately (laughs) as
0: well, um, the twist that revolves around her is so ridiculously telegraphed before the time. Yeah. You already know. (laughs) Well, I did. I'm not speaking for you, but I was like, oh yeah, okay. She's a bad guy because she's trying to tell him, like, all the, you know, in the middle of the movie, whenever she has a moment with um, Han Solo, she's trying to tell him cryptically that you shouldn't trust her. <laughs> and she, you know, she's got this bon- this uh, tattoo on her arm, and it's just it's just very obvious the char- and the character. She was bothering me at points, like I was like, she's just trying too hard, like to be the siren, like the sexy kind. Of-
1: yeah. But, I mean, then you think about what her goal has to be. Yeah. And she says, I've done terrible things.
0: Yeah, well, I, I would like to know a bit more, like because it's very vague what is going on with her as well. Like it, There's not much character building on her, you know?
1: But, yeah, can, except the secret of she's done terrible things. Yeah, she could be a whole of,
0: movie in herself yeah. or a book or something, you know? I bet there is a book about her. Uh, and then Donald Glover plays Lando Calrissian. Now I enjoyed Donald Glover as Lando.
1: I, I do... agreed with what those guys that said, though they read in my mind that he was trying to do the impression. Yeah. Of Lando Calrissian, and not necessarily his own thing. Now Donald Felt is like, anyway.
0: Donald is a uh, rap artist. He's called Childish Gambino, and he's a you know a huge thing in the rap world, and he doesn't do acting like this is you know his break into acting. I felt like he was very charismatic, and I bought him as Lando, and he was fun to watch. You know, I I enjoyed that he had a relationship with his robot. I thought that was really cool. Yes. Yeah, uh, we didn't mention the robot, but what's the robot called? L2. L3. L3. Close,
1: (laughs) you're
0: so close. (laughs) Now, his robot partner, she is very pivotal in what the Millennium Falcon becomes, because Absolutely. She's his co-pilot. She's his Chewie. Lando's Chewie. And there's a love between them. You can and I feel said it.
1: The reason those guys didn't like her, because they're like, oh, feminist robot. I find that the dudes who dislike the strong female characters, yes, she's a robot, but she's like... She's an advocate for robots not being oppressed, yep. and she's not. She says nothing about female oppression. She's talking about robot oppression. She's very
0: funny as well.
1: She's very funny, and I find that the people they started harping on the like, oh, she's like feminist. I'm they like, was, they yeah, were saying she you're, was the
0: worst character since Jar Jar Binks. I was like, what?
1: She was all. I really, I want her action figure. I think she's awesome, and w- then they didn't explain in the movie. But in the extras, they explain that as she became more self-aware, she started editing herself, that she used to be just a droid, like a R2 kind of a robot, but she started adding parts to herself and, like, rebuilding her yeah. own body. She's put on her own legs and put on her own arms over however many years she's been around, and I was like, that makes her even more awesome. And what is it, what is really cool about her is, inside her memory,
0: you know, RAM chips, <clears throat> she has... The entire map of the whole universe, galaxies.
1: Well, they didn't say that. Let's say the whole galaxy. So very extensive navigation. So system. if Lando
0: needs to know where anywhere is, she's his. He just asks her, and she takes him there. So, he, like, he's can't. You know, spoiler, she doesn't last. <laughs> and then he's, you know, he uploads her brain into the Millennium Falcon, and that is where the Millennium Falcon has a really good navigation system so i loved that i loved her she was very funny i liked it when she was trying to rescue the other robots and the other robot she'd go like be free
1: and the other robots like what am i supposed to do i don't know go and rescue other people (laughs) Yeah, she's not like totally into it but she's just like i don't know (laughs) just go how could you be so dumb and not want your freedom just go
0: so i loved all that i loved uh like heroic death sequence as you would say Aw, she was one of the best things about the movie but, I agree, but I was talking about Londo, and I really enjoyed him. I thought he was good. I'm fine, but I like
1: the robot in the in Rogue One, also.
0: Yeah, they they have a like a um like a template for these movies, kind of. True, like, there's a robot. There's BB Eight was one the, the first one, and you know
1: this. The BB Eight was not the first one. I mean, in these new. <laughs> movies. R2-D2 was be the first one and C-3PO. No, in these new ones. Right, but they're the templates for why we would love andro- droids. There's, all,
0: There's say, a reason. Let's say there always has to be a droid that is significant in every one, right?
1: And that the reason is because of them. Yeah. Not because of BB-8.
0: So, um, and finally, Tandy Newton plays Val. You will know her from Westworld. Excellent in Westworld.
1: I'm convinced she is who she is. I mean, I'm convinced she's like a rogue criminal. I enjoyed her more
0: after she told the story in the round table on the extras about <laughs> how she based it
1: on a mother. I really enjoyed it. Oh, her. God, yeah. I was like, whoa. Her uh, mother was a... Like a freedom fighter in Zimbabwe during some sort of... Yeah, which is... Rebellion. When she
0: was telling the story, she's like, there was this woman who I admired, and she was a freedom fighter in Zimbabwe, and then she said, that woman was my mother. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <definitely, yeah. laughs> and then she showed a picture of her, and yes the character of Val looks similar to her mother. So I enjoyed that. And it made Val even more important to me,
1: like, cause I was loved. The by- problem with it was though, she's talking about a woman. She's basing it on a woman who's fighting for freedom, like a rebel, like someone who's fighting against oppression. And this woman, spoiler, gives up her life to make some money, to get some credits, to get them out of debt. Right. It wasn't like a valiant thing all no. she knew was if they didn't pay this guy back he would hunt them down but it wasn't like she was sacrificing herself there f- so that the rebellion could have this fuel she didn't that doesn't that wasn't part of their plan so her character didn't really sacrifice her life for anything important except for you know to kind of stay out of trouble which I think kind of sad yeah. Because it would have been way more dramatic to know that she... And then after that, Woody Harrelson, who loves her, is kind of over it pretty fast.
0: I I, <laughs> I really hated that, that he's sat there in the snow, and uh, well, stood there, and then Han comes up, and then they have a bit of a banter, and then they're actually joking with each other. I was like, is that it? Is that Val? Is that all you thought of Val?
1: Exactly. You
0: like, didn't do a funeral, or a <laughs> there's nothing? So, yeah, that was a bit. But she was great, and... She wasn't in it long enough. I liked the scene... I was hoping
1: it. somehow she jumped off that bridge or some little twist where she saved nah, herself, but...
0: She's... She was definitely... I'd say she's in the movie for 10 minutes, but I liked what was in there. This movie is directed by Ron Howard. Eventually. I mean, it says at the end this movie was directed by Ron Howard. We all know Ron Howard. Happy Days. He's also directed other movies that you might not realize. In the Heart of the Sea, Rush... Frost Nixon, A Beautiful Mind, Willow from back in the day with Mr. Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis, yep. Um, so what do you think of Ron's direction here? Like,
1: um, I think it was non-existent. It's like? To be honest, I think it was just let's patch together. And I think his presence for the people on the set helps. was probably more valuable yeah. than his making an impression. Now, if we could compare, if you'd show me the scenes from the other guys, I can probably pick them out. Now the big action stuff and a lot of the second unit, is irrelevant, right? Because that's not the director, no matter what. It's the director saying, "Hey, go shoot this footage for me." Yeah. He's not there. It all, could be anything. Oh,
0: ILM are making digital
1: effects, and that's right. Well, he even said the second unit was doing this or that or whatever. Those big scenes where you right. go off and you shoot like filler or even action could be the the <laughs> racing scene. Director doesn't have to be there necessarily, as long as all the pieces are in place. So, But if you take out the parts where it's just him directing the performances of the people, because that's really what it's all about, I think those would stand out a little more. But altogether, it's not a Ron Howard movie. It is just, he salvaged it, I think.
0: Yeah, I think he was like the morale guy who came in to make everybody feel better after their director's yeah, been and fired. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's Opie. It's Richie yeah. Cunningham. I Come mean, on. everybody,
0: you you would trust, you would like, oh, Ron Howard's made a lot of films. Like, you would trust somebody like that coming in after these two young people who were making this movie failed and got fired. And then you're all like, oh, shit. All the cast would be like, what's going to happen here? Yeah. As Soon as Ron Howard steps on the set, you probably would feel better. You would be like, okay, here's a guy who knows how to make a film. So let's carry on. And that's how I felt from watching that roundtable when they talked about that. They were all like, oh, it was great when when it was Ron's first day and we were all glad to be back from the hiatus that they kept calling it. The movie was actually in severe trouble, remember? It was like they didn't even know whether it was going to get finished.
1: Sounds like At it. that
0: point. And Ron was just rushed in. So, uh, yeah, Ron Howard, he has made some good... I really like some of his films. But I don't think of this as a Ron Howard film. Yeah, I think of this as like a troubled film that got patched up by Ron Howard at the end, (laughs) or in the middle. You know, Um, extras on the uh, disc, and there are a few, not as many as you would expect from a Star Wars movie, though.
1: Well, you know.
0: Yeah, there's some deleted scenes. There's and the deleted scenes are interesting because you might they who knows, but they might be from the other guys. That that one that we saw definitely was. There's a solo, the director, and cast roundtable, which I really enjoyed. It's Becoming a Droid, L337. So if you like the Droid... I like L3. that one.
1: I liked her you yeah. know, talking about... Because, you know, when you are just... She's not just the voice, because they used her body. She was actually in the performance. Yeah. And then get rid of her body parts <laughs> underneath the suit. So her movements and everything are there. But you do get overlooked, because some people might think she's 100% CGI. Like a cartoon character, but it was, I mean, it was CGI'd over the original, obviously, but you forget, because I was like, who's that voice? So it was good to meet her and have her talk about her a little
0: bit. Yeah, I did think it was the lady who plays Captain Phasma. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But then I was like, why would you use the same? (laughs) Yeah. That doesn't seem right. (laughs) Um, Then there is uh, Into the Maelstrom, the the Kessel Run. There's remaking the Millennium Falcon. Kazden on Kazden, because Lawrence Kazden, who directed Empire Strikes Back, and his son are both writers on this movie, right? Yeah. There's Team Chewie. It Chewy. sounds a
1: little whiny, but it does an okay job.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they brought him back when the, you know, The Force Awakens, he wrote that too, because they wanted, oh, somebody who was involved in the original Star Wars movies to bring that flavor, like, and he obviously understands it more than anybody. So that's the extras. On the disc. So, conclusion. I have to... I can't tell you whether this is my f- least favorite Star Wars movie or, you know, like, you see him as a big thing. Um, I definitely need to see it again.
1: I'd say what... I need to know a timeline. How much time is between this and New Hope and then watch this yeah. and then New Hope and get a... I need to see it
0: the again. The references. I need to see it in relation to the other films. I'm still compressing it. Uh, Decompressing it, if you get what I'm saying. Now we have just watched it, so
1: it's unraveling in your mind. There's a
0: lot of mixed feelings. Stuff I didn't like, but there's a lot of stuff I do like. And then I'm thinking, oh, more and more, I really do like Orlando. Like I liked his scenes. So it's Star Wars, so I recommend it. But be prepared for this these gloomy visuals. If you're buying this on a to watch on a 4K TV with a 4K disc. It's not going to, be, you're not going to be like, wow, look at the colors and look at it. Cause it is a murky.
1: Yeah. The thing is, you're not going to look forward to not just watching even. it, but seeing it again. That's the thing about like, I would watch fifth element 10 oh, yeah, times in a row because I want to see it, not just watch the movie. I want to see it. I want to see, and I know the CGI is not perfect or anything compared to what we would have now. But the thing is, it's just a fun visual feast. And you that's part of the experience with a motion picture. That's why I keep emphasizing. It's um, a moving picture of is, the world, a fantasy world.
0: This is more of a murky motion picture. <laughs> I mean, it is murky, I gotta say. And thinking of rewatching it, I'm thinking, oh yeah, it's going to be very murky, isn't it, for the first hour?
1: I said, we need to take it. Put it into a video editing thing. Yeah. Brighten up those scenes, which we could probably figure somebody out. Somebody
0: actually did that already, I oh, guess. Oh, right. But then you're On not the looking slide. at the director's vision anymore.
1: I don't care. There is no one director. <laughs> the director's vision should be what we see.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I have al- already saw somebody had, like, cleaned it up or whatever they do to it. Um, I
1: trust viewers and fans to make yeah. it better. I really would.
0: But um, yeah, as, as it is, as the vision of this director of photography... It absolutely, it took away, I would say, forty percent of my enjoyment from this movie. Which is unfortunate because I don't know how anybody at Lucasfilm and didn't look at finished thing and say, Is this can we just notch this up a little bit? It's dark. Right? I know. But why didn't anybody like look at that and say Cause I know it's not just us, it's not our projector. It, other, I just read Thirty reviews on IMDb that said, "Why was it so gloomy? not couldn't see it properly." So,
1: and if the DP guy still is like, mm, "It's my style," well, he needs to take a look at himself. Like J.J. Abrams admitted, even his wife told him, "No more flares," and he had to accept that it wasn't appropriate.
0: You know what's a great style for a photographer? I'm bitter about not being about able the flares, to see the that. photo at all.
1: Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I've taken lots of pictures lately that are like, you can't see the people because I had the settings all wrong. Like, I will not go, oh, that's an artistic choice.
0: So I mean, I, I, I'm i a photographer and I say to you, yeah, look at my picture. And it's, and it's just, like
1: solid black or white. And it's just white. black. And I say, yeah,
0: th- I just leave the lens cap on because it's my style. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you get to just visualize what you think the picture is up. I feel like
0: this guy has that idea. Like, you know, like those... French avant-garde filmmakers who don't use light to, you know, you've just got to kind of look in the shadows to find all the meanings. Yeah. That's not really what Star Wars needs. Exactly.
1: If you want to do that, go make your own little movie.
0: So, yeah, I recommend it as far as Star Wars goes, because if you follow Star Wars, why would you miss a Star Wars movie? I've heard people say, well, I'm not watching that, even though I'm a fan of Star Wars. Because other people
1: say, yeah, Yeah. ridiculous. I would
0: still watch it. There's going to be parts you hate. Such as how he got his name. I can't see how anybody would like that. It's just stupid and forced. It's like, oh God, come on, please. So yeah, that's Solo, a Star Wars story. And how long do we have to wait for another Star Wars movie? Episode nine would be next, right? I don't know. That's a that's you're the Star Wars guy. That's December twenty nineteen. That'll be our next Star Wars movie. So there is a big gap here. So Disney are slowing down a little i guess with their star wars output which i think is good because when movies start when you they've been good so far right it's been a home run really and this one is definitely a blip on the radar you definitely should take a step back there and go okay we need to get it back to those ones because this it was a mistake like it was a misstep but it wasn't but it was But it's not way-
1: though. It's just because somebody fucked it up when they hired the wrong people and then unfortunately the actor guy needed to be better and they could have But
0: that's the stuff they should be him. looking at, right?
1: Right. But, but I- it doesn't make it a failure to me or like a whoops, let's stop the whole train because mm-hmm. one car it's got a wiggly wheel. I mean, just it's, keep it, going forward. And
0: it's it was far from a financial it was actually a, a major profit. The reason it was a profit is because yeah. it was a Star Wars movie.
1: Right. There is a number of people who are going to see it. The thing is, they're not going to go see it five times.
0: Yeah, that's the trouble. Like because, uh, And the there Force... are
1: idiots in the world, fucking idiots, who if somebody goes, eh, it wasn't very good, I wouldn't go see it. And they go, oh, okay, I am an idiot. I will do whatever you tell me.
0: And the other thing is, because The Force Awakens, both of them, both The <laughs> Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, Took over, you know, over a billion dollars towards two billion dollars, and this one only took five hundred (laughs) million.
1: Yeah. Oh my god.
0: To them, that's a complete failure because it's like, no, we wanted a billion dollars. What the hell? You know, like we're relying on our billion dollars every year. Guess what? You can't make something that's not as subpar, I would say, and make your billion dollars. You have to. I
1: don't know if it's subpar. I agree that technically. Yeah, I think that. But it doesn't make the movie to me as part of the story, less. It just means visual, You know, the technical side wasn't great. But story-wise, I think you should just get behind it.
0: Yeah. So um, movie recommendations, I am going with my favorite Star Wars story, and that is Rogue One. I really enjoyed Rogue One. A lot of people hate it. There are elements to hate. <laughs> but overall, I think it captured the Star Wars feel. And um, I really like Rogue One. And my, I think it's my favorite, one of my favorite Ron Howard movies. And it's a movie that probably nobody saw. It didn't do particularly well. It's called Rush and it's about Formula One drivers. You might think, oh, that's a, I don't know nothing about Formula One drivers, but it's this true story between these two Formula One drivers that most people probably don't know who they are, but it's a really interesting story, right? And it was really well, I remember that one was particularly well filmed, the action sequences. So that's Rush. You liked it, Rush, didn't you? Yeah. We actually did it after the show. So if you search for Rush on the site, you'll find it and listen to it. Uh, Yours are?
1: Mine are, I'm going back to some kind of origin stories and or like retelling of stories, which is a couple that just, I went through my list and they popped up. Maleficent, which...
0: Angelina Jolie.
1: Angelina Jolie. And I did enjoy it. I think there were flaws, but I did enjoy the story of it and her character and the look of it. And I have to watch it again or listen back to what I said. But remembering it, I remember liking it. And it's a good story of how Maleficent comes to be who she is. And then Into the Woods, which is just a fun musical, right? Kind of goofy. It's good. I like it. But it's got all the different um, fairy tales kind of mingled in there. It was really fun.
0: Alright, so uh, I've been playing... Um, well, I actually played and finished a game this week. It's called Tomb
1: Tomb Raider. <laughs> a little game called Tomb Raider.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's called... Actually, it's the new... The third in the trilogy. It's called Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And I did finish it this week. It's not particularly long. I think it's about 15 hours in total. I took, a, I took time off playing Spider-Man to finish Tomb Raider. I want to say um, this trilogy of Tomb Raider games, I'm still... The first one is still my favourite. I think it's really... The first one's really, really cool. And it's a really interesting origin story for her. And it's small and contained. The second one was a bit too big. And uh, it, was, it was kind of overly big. And I like the smallness. Now this one, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, goes back to kind of a small islandy type situation. And the story in this one is... At the beginning of the game, this is not, I won't spoil, but at the beginning, in the first hour, she's raiding a tomb, like Lara does, and she picks a dagger up off an altar, and she leaves with it, and she realises that it's getting a bit weird, like this earthquake happening, and the guys from Trinity, who are the bad guys, say, what did you do, did you move, did you get that dagger and she's like yeah it's just you know I found this tomb and I got the dagger and they're like oh yeah if you take that dagger off the altar that signals the Mayan apocalypse so now the world's going to end thank you very much because of you yeah because of you and um, immediately in this town where she took the dagger from this like remote place a tidal wave appears and kills I would say hundreds of people and that's her fault (laughs) So the rest of the game is her trying to prevent the Mayan Apocalypse in full and her realising she's killed a lot of people from her tomb raiding antics. So it goes to some crazy places, I think. I feel like they went slightly overboard. I'm not going to spoil it, but I told you what happened at the end yesterday, right? You remember? Yep. You remember what I told you and you went, oh, that's a... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, does that. I feel like it went a bit too far. Like, this is the opening trilogy of, uh, like, becoming a Tomb Raider.
1: Also, kind of boring.
0: Yeah, well, it, it kind of fits in line with other Tomb Raider stuff, you know, like, um, artifacts that you find in a tomb, they're usually linked to something like a religion or a, you know, a thing. This in this one, the Mayan thing. There's a scene in this game. Do you remember the movie Apocalypto? Yep. Do you remember the movie? Do you remember the. Part in Apocalypto where they come out and they stood on that pyramid and they're killing people and throwing their heads down. Yeah. That scene is in this game. All right. From the same camera angle. It's obviously, it's obvious the people who made this game love that movie. I was like, wow, that's that's.
1: They love that movie or, I mean, has it been told well, that that's the, what happened? the real,
0: yeah, like yeah. that's how it's been told, like in the books, right? So, but they've done it in a style of that movie same kind of camera angle. So if you've seen the movie Apocalypto, you'll kind of know where this game's going because it kind of follows that movie. And it's Mayans and it's you know, beheadings and sacrificings and is that is that a word sacrificings? But I do feel like just for the sake cuz it needs a big ending. It kind of goes too far, and I was like, oh, I would have kept it a bit more restrained than what it does. Because you're going to have to make another game of Tomb Raider, and because you went this far with this one, where'd you go in the next one? Like, how'd how how how'd you make it bigger than that? Yeah. The ending of it? Like, from, you know, I told you what happens at the end. That's pretty big, what happened at the end there, right? Yep. How do you top that in another game? (laughs) It's it's like well,
1: I think that to me is like I won't talk about what it is, but it's just getting it over with. Yeah, it's getting a chapter. Move on. Yeah. So. And it's really uninteresting. Yeah, I'm not invested in her or anything or her life, but I was like, oh, that's a.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, it was just a bit too much, and there's a bit of there's a lot of religious iconography that's a bit. "Mm." So, but as far as an. Uh, entertaining Tomb Raider game it's fun to play it's just as fun as the other two and actually it's improved over the other two because the second game relied a lot on combat and there was a lot of shooting and a lot of you know firing your arrows at people in this one they stripped that back and it's more going into tombs there are no people really and solving puzzles to find artifacts which I think is what Tomb Raider should really be about it's not really about Lara being a mass murderer. It's more about Lara solving tombs like Indiana Jones, you know? So that is uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I'm also still playing Spider-Man, but I haven't progressed because of Tomb Raiders. So I'll speak about that more next week. Siddharth, what is
1: for dinner? Tonight, it's going to be eggs and beans and toast.
0: Nice. Is that acceptable? That's not what it says on this list.
1: What list? I didn't change it from What's last for week. Dinner? Yeah, it, just... it sounds good, though.
0: Uh, can we have uh, chips?
1: Yes, I got... Oh, he means French fries, by the way. For anyone who doesn't speak British. Chips, egg, <laughs> and beans. We have chips also. We have vinegar and salt. Yes. Chips. And we have regular French fries. Well, out of the oven. Kind of if French you're fries. English. If you're British, you call, call them. Yeah.
0: And what are chips?
1: Chips are chips. Crisps. Crisps. To you people. <laughs> you people. I'll just give you at the, the... So we're going to have eggs and french fries, oven fries, and baked beans, which are out of a can also. We're not talking about fancy dinner here. We're talking about like out of a can, out of the freezer, and out of the eggshell. Let me just give you the English translation once again. <laughs> Potato
0: chips <laughs> equals crisps. Okay. Um,
1: french fries. French
0: fries equals chips. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just thinking, you know. Like
1: fish and chips. Yes. Yeah.
0: They don't say fish and french fries. <laughs> 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 True. <laughs> it just sounds wrong. All right, so, um, to what is your advice?
1: My advice today, I don't know. I'm kind of like... <sighs> Helpful? It's, um, <laughs> it's, it's going to be sort of... It can't apply to everyone, because I understand not everyone can do this, but pain physical pain in your body. Like I'm a 50 year old, overweight, female. I've had hysterectomy many years ago. This is FYI for some, or TMI for some, FYI, TMI for some people. Had a hysterectomy many years ago. So probably low on hormones and all that jazz. Been overweight my whole life. So my joints are, you know, not loving the aging process. And so I have pain nonstop, all the time. Ankles, knees, hips, you know, often my hands cramp up, my shoulders have got arthritis, blah, blah, blah. And it hurts. It hurts to get up. It hurts to walk around. Well, I finally did this wedding that I've been doing the photography thing for all year. You know what I mean? Learning the photography for. Did that. Fantastic. Had a lovely weekend on my feet, on the cement for two whole days, literally about 12 to 16 hours per day. After that, What did I do the next? I got home to edit the pictures. My feet swole up. My legs swole up. My hands were swollen. It was painful. But then, then this weekend, did it again, did another couple little things and was on my feet and out in the cold wind. And then the next day, I'm like, oh my God, it just, as soon as I wake up, I'm like, I don't even want to move. I know what's going to happen when I step down the broken glass in my feet the shards of metal in my knees, the like bruisy feels like I got kicked by a horse in my hips, every step, everything, it shatters you. And then I'm just like, fuck it, just get up and go. And so I do. And then I don't take painkillers and stuff. It doesn't I'm I probably would like it too much. So I know my limitations. <laughs> I have like an addictive personality, so don't wanna take painkillers. Tylenol doesn't really do the trick. So I just sort of like mental my way through it. Even sitting here now, when I get up, I'm going to hobble. I'm going to limp and it'll take about 20 steps for me to kind of shake the cobwebs loose till I get into the kitchen. And then I'll stand on my tiptoes and try to stretch and move. And so that it, but it's constant pain. However, I can get my brain in a way that says it's not going to kill you. Stop whining. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Just keep moving. And in a little while you can sit down and you can relax and you can lay on the couch or whatever. And then, then it'll feel better. So my advice would be if you have that kind of pain where it's not caused by like a terminal illness or some sort of horrible treatment. Or surgery is a different thing. you got to do what the doctor says when you have had surgery. Don't overdo it because it will cause you. I've had surgeries too where the pain is telling you to stop. That's important. But this is just... Basically pain brought on by my own bad choices, my own poor keeping of my body, plus some genetics, I'm sure. And it's not going to kill me. It's not going to bring me down. And as I'm walking and I'm in pain and I've got a big, long sidewalk to walk down and I'm carrying loads of boxes because all these little projects I do involve lots of carrying and lifting. And I'm like, oh my God, every step. It's making my heart flutter and my eyes water, but ah, screw it. I mean... What's the alternative? Take a bunch of pain medicine and then sit on my ass and do nothing and whine and cry and moan about it. It doesn't really accomplish anything. So if you got this kind of pain, it's not going to kill you most likely. I'm not a doctor. So just keep moving. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like just keep moving. You will be more glad that you did than to sit around and be like, well, I just sure can't do that because I've got awful pain in my feet today. You know, so does, so, does, so does a lot of us. And you just keep going. Put your shoes on, shut up, and keep going. All right. How's that for
0: advice? Can I say the other piece of game news I missed out? Uh, Is it
1: more important than <clears throat> my pain revelation?
0: Telltale uh, Games <laughs> are no more. They went bankrupt on uh,
1: No! Huh? <gasps> Telltale! They were awesome! Yeah, they've,
0: they fired everybody on Friday night... Uh, Damn. There's
1: 25
0: people left in the studio, and the 25 people are fulfilling contractual obligations, but they will be gone by the end of next month. So
1: Really? Like, we're talking about Walking Dead yeah. and the wolf thing? That yeah. was really good.
0: Uh, they were just about to make Stranger Things in their style, um, but they ran out of money. And this means that The Walking Dead, the final season, won't be finished. Which, wow. which I purchased, if you remember. Oh, yeah. You don't get a refund because they haven't got any money.
1: how they go broke?
0: They just said um, that they had a lot of critical acclaim for their last two games, but it didn't translate into sales, and now the studio can't carry on. Right. So um, The Walking Dead Clementine's story, we're getting a new episode on Tuesday... But then after that, they are up in the air whether we will get any more of it, which is unfortunate because it was going to be four episodes and it was going to be the finale of Clementine's story. That is really annoying. That's
1: a bummer because I love those watching. I love watching you play those games.
0: Yeah, we'll be watching. We'll be doing the next episode, but I don't. Will will somebody save that game or will somebody, you know They haven't got enough money to make that game, right? So let's say that that game's not going to get finished. Would you like them to just, like, tell you what was going to happen?
1: Nah, I want to see the whole game. Or just leave it yeah. so you never know? Leave it. If you're not going to do it, just fuck it. I mean, they're not going to do it because they've got no money, right?
0: They can't just make a game for nothing. (laughs) So, yeah, unfortunately, Telltale are about to leave. Um, This contractual agreement that 25 people are fulfilling... Is something for Netflix that they were working on. They did the Minecraft game um, last year. They were turning that game into a like a TV version for Netflix, and they have to finish that because they can directly obligated to do it. So that will happen. But yeah, it's really sad because they were great games, right? They were really good. Um, but people didn't buy them. I supported them all the way about all of their games, and I watched them all. Yep. As you played them. Yeah, I bought, I've spent a lot of money on their games and I always supported them because I thought, these are great games. Nobody else makes games like this. These story kind of cool games. So, um, yeah. R.I.P. Telltale. It's a, it's a
1: that is more important than my pain speech. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. So, uh, if you want to catch this podcast, you can on, uh, Google Play Store iTunes Store RSS feed on our page Tune in catch it on YouTube you can also catch us on acegully.com sidtalk.com Twitter and Facebook you can email feedback to me at acegully aschoolie at acegully.com email sidtalk and stay classy Star Wars because you are classy and I will be re-watch, re-watching this movie perhaps I'll have a different opinion in a few weeks on this movie maybe if I do I will come back with it
1: Oh, and I'm going to say think for yourself
0: or someone will do it for you.